gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, Great crowds were traveling with Jesus, and he turned and addressed them. If anyone comes to me without hating his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Which of you wishing to construct a tower does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if there is enough for its completion? Otherwise, after laying the foundation and finding himself unable to finish the work, the onlooker should laugh at him and say, This one began to build but did not have the resources to finish? Or what king, marching into battle, would not first sit down and decide whether with 10,000 troops he can successfully oppose another king, advancing upon him with 20,000 troops? But if not, while he is still far away, he will send a delegation to ask for peace terms. In the same way, any one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. The Gospel of the Lord. Morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I praise the Lord. You know, as we begin this Holy Mass, or now we're in the middle of it, actually, let's keep the, the firefighters, of course, that are, that are fighting the blaze up there in our prayers. We have some of our own parishioners are on the front lines there, so we pray for their safety. And in fact, I heard this morning from the people that live around Lake Davis, they were in fact told, I mean, no, nothing threatening at this point, but to have a bag ready just in case. And that's so they're already telling them, just in case anything goes crazy. I mean, that's why we call them wildfires, right? Because they're wild and they can change direction and, and we could be in a, hurt, a world of hurt. So let's keep everybody in our prayers. So in this Mass, let's bring them up and offer that the Lord may take care of all of us. Let's get into these fun readings. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. So it's been a, a great summer for weddings for us in our parish. We've had tons of weddings, tons of weddings. It's been beautiful. In fact, our, our next upcoming wedding, one of the Rousins are getting married, Annie Rousin. And uh, on behalf of the family, I just want to invite everybody to crash their wedding. So we're all, we're all invited. We're all going to go to the wedding. That's okay. Right, Kathy? You, I think Annie told me that you have, you sent out 400 invitations or something crazy. Are you crazy? You want to you kill yourself? 400 people. Craziness. But it's always a beautiful thing. I love weddings. Love, love weddings. I don't know about you, but as a priest, I, I have the best seat in the house for any wedding, by the way. Because whenever you go to a wedding, you're all sitting in the back. 
You're all sitting in the nosebleed sections. I get to stand at the, as the presider right in front of the couple. And I get to see every detail, every twitch, every nuance in their facial expressions. It's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that they're so nervous, especially young couples. They're so nervous as they exchange a vow because as they're priests, I'm supposed to feed them the lines, right? Feed them the lines. I said, not some. Hey, take her hand. Hold her hand. Don't hold my hand. Look at her. Look at her. Look, you're not marrying me. Look at her. <laughs> it's always a beautiful. They're so nervous. And, and as, they, as they lock eyes on each other, so disgusting, right? Because they're, they, they're so in love. But it's a beautiful thing. Because they're about to make a huge decision, aren't they? It's a beautiful thing when they lock eyes on each other and they stare at each other. You know, one of the couples I married not too long ago just had their first baby. In fact, I was happy to see them here this morning. So I won't call them out. But they just had their first baby and when they came to Mass a couple weeks ago with the newborn, they said, Father, you want to hold the baby? I was like, ah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when you hold a baby, especially a newborn one, they're so fragile, they're so scary. It's so scary you're going to hurt them, they're so tiny. But what's beautiful about it, now think back, especially for, for all of you who had, when you had your first child. And many, many moms especially will tell me this. When they, when they hold their first child in their hand, they'll just stare at the baby. <laughs> you guys do that? You just stare at the baby, and you're sitting there doing nothing, but you just, you just stare at them for hours. And it's beautiful. Because what a wedding does, what a newborn child does, it touches the very core of who we are, doesn't it? It just hits us, and we understand, and we get it. Yes, yes, that's what it's all about. And I want to be a broken record on this, by the way. And I preach on it constantly. Relationships are the most important thing we have on earth. The most important thing. You know, I, I mentioned maybe it was the last year, maybe two years ago. But I talked about there was a powerful, beautiful study and it just reinforced this. And really look it up. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. It's called the Harvard Longitudinal Study. Started in 1938, it is the most extensive and most detailed studies of its kind. They would eventually study thousands of people over an 80-year period. They had all the medical records, questionnaires. It was the most detailed study. And it sought to answer that one single question, like what determines happiness, right? What determines happiness? All of us are striving for this question and finding this answer. And Harvard said, the single most determining factor for happiness, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter, any, it doesn't matter where you, what demographic you're a part of. The single most determining factor after 80 years of life, which, which would reverberate all throughout the generations, was the quality of their love. The quality of one's relationship. And I want to be a broken record on this. Why? Because, I mean, we spend on average five to six hours on social media a day, right? You average person. And what is the constant message that we're pounding into our brains? Right? Money, power, pleasure. Money, power, pleasure. Happiness. Money, power, pleasure. 
Again, nothing wrong with money, power, pleasure, great things. But what happens? We tend to sacrifice our relationships in order to achieve more money, power, pleasure, thinking that, oh, I'll be happy with that. No. Lie. That's a lie, by the way. Lie. So whenever you, whenever, whenever you see that message now in moody, movies, songs, or whatever, say, lie. Liar. Let's <laughs> call it out. Lie. You know, powerfully, in that second reading today from St. Paul, he calls himself a father, doesn't he? He says, I have become the father of, and then this weird name, Onesimus. I never met an Onesimus before, but he's speaking about, he says, I have become a father of, on behalf of my child, Onesimus. Notice how Paul calls himself father. Just like you call me father. It is because we are locked in a relationship, you and I. Even though I'm, I may be younger than you, I am your father. And you are my sons and daughters. As awkward as that <laughs> may seem. Right? And as a father, you know my greatest joy is... I don't know if a priest has ever told you this. As priests, you know what our greatest joy? Now, I know hundreds of priests, and they all say the same thing. It is to see you grow in your faith. It's to see you grow. That is the most heartening thing you can, you can do to us. That brings us the deepest joy. If after Mass today, some guy came up to me and held out keys to a brand new red Ferrari and said, Father, here you go. Happy birthday. Right? Here's your brand new Ferrari. Think I'll be happy? Yeah, I'll be happy. Like, oh, that's amazing. Red Ferrari, finally. Right? I've always wanted a red Ferrari. I would be more happy if that same parishioner came up to me after Mass and said, Father, I love Jesus Christ more now than anything. I would trade in a red Ferrari to hear that. Father, I finally recognize the Eucharist. Oh, I trade in three Ferraris for that, to hear that from a parishioner. And so as your father then, the opposite is also true. If I see stagnation in my people, if I see people not coming to Mass, then my, my, my fatherly instinct can sin, then like any, any good parent would say, what am I doing wrong? Right? What, what ways have I failed? What am I not doing Am I, not, am I praying enough? Am I fasting enough? So like any good parent, right? If your kids do something wrong, isn't your first instinct, like, man, what could I have done? See, it's the same thing. Because it is relationship. 
Which is what makes the, the words of Jesus here so utterly baffling now. Doesn't it? Did you hear the words Jesus? He says, Unless you hate mother and father, wife and children, brothers and sisters, unless you hate them first, you cannot be my disciple. What? <laughs> because knowing now that relationships are the, are the most important thing for us, which determines our happiness. Jesus has told us, okay, knowing that now, I want you to hate your mother and father, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters. I want you to hate all the people that you love the most. Hate them first. What do you mean? How, why, why this apparent contradiction? And I think one way to help us penetrate this profound mystery is to remember 1 John chapter 4. In that beautiful letter, John writes that God is love. Right? That God is love itself. God is the very nature, the very source from which love springs. God is love itself. He is the source of love. He is the originator. He is its finality. In fact, here's an amazing thing. Now think of all the people you love the most. Your wives, your children, sons, daughters, friends. All of those people now exist because God wills them to exist. That without God, they would not even be alive. So if you first recognize, okay, God is love then. Ah, then it is only through the source of love that now I'm able to know how to love properly. Do, do you see that shift? It is only from the source of love can I learn to love correctly. Because again, let's be honest with ourselves. We do not love each other the way we are supposed to love. We do not. Husbands in here, again, look, be honest with yourselves. Do you love your spouse, your wife, the way she deserves to be loved perfectly? No, you don't. Wives in here, look at your husbands. Do you love your husbands and give them the respect and the honor his due? Do you love him perfectly? Sons and daughters in here, we all have parents. Do we love our parents the way we're called to love them? Do we love them perfectly? No, that's why we fight. We don't love perfectly. Oh, but we desire to love perfectly, don't we? You know, today, Chris and Chrissy Renteria celebrate their 29th wedding anniversary. Praise the Lord. Just give them a round of applause. Man. Praise God, 29 years of marriage. Has it been perfect? <laughs> no, it hasn't. Chris is nodding his head yes, Chris is nodding her head no. So you have to work that out. I don't know if figure it out. <laughs> but what's beautiful about that is, I bet you when you guys were, were young and, 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 you, and you mimicked and you came up here and you, and you did the vow thing, right? If I were to ask the young Chris, Chris, you were 21, right, when you were married, Chris, I think? 23. 23-year-old Chris. Chris, do you want to be the best husband you can be? All oh, the young Chris would have said, absolutely. I want to be the best husband in the universe. 
And if I asked, were to ask the, the, the 21-year-old Chrissy, Chrissy, do you want to be the best wife you can be? And God willing, the best mother you can be. If God gives you any children, He has blessed you with a beautiful family indeed. Do you want to be the best wife and mother you can be? You would have said, absolutely. Every single one of those couples I married this, this past summer, same thing I bet. Sean, do you want to be the best husband you, want, you can be to Zoe? And now to your newborn son, Austin. Yes, absolutely. You see, in, in our human hearts, we want to, because we know instinctively, we are called to love heroically. And if we were to talk to a young Father Brian at 31 years old when I was ordained at the cathedral, he said, Father Brian, do you want to be the best priest, the holiest priest in California? Yes, which I already am, but the whole church. Do you want to be the holiest priest in all of planet Earth? I would have said, you better believe it. I want to be the holiest priest, the most loving priest. But am I? No. In the Old Testament, the most famous line is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 through 8. The most famous line. And I've mentioned this year, uh, over the years as well. Every practicing Jew has memorized this prayer. And they say it three times a day. They get up in the morning and it's called the Shema Israel. Hear, O Israel. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your mind. They get up every morning, every pious Jew, and they repeat that line in Hebrew. Shema Israel Adonai. Yilochanu Adonai. Hadat. And in the midday, same thing. They repeat that line. And then before they go to bed, same thing. They stand up. They cry out. Shema Israel Adonai. Yilohanu Adonai. Why do they do that? Because they know that the human heart, our human heart with all its aspirations, are fickle. And we go after dumb things. And we stray. And we go all over the place. That is why Jesus says, in this hyperbolic way, you must first hate. Meaning, you must first detach yourself from everything. And make me first. Remember that when they asked Jesus that question, he said, Jesus, what's the most important thing? He repeated Deuteronomy chapter 6, didn't he? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. So when he says to hate mother and father, what he's saying is paradoxically, if you want to love like me, like the Trinity, the very source of love, you must first detach yourself and hate. And when you come to me as the sole source of your love, as the most important person in your life, only then now can you begin to love your husband, your wives, your father, your mother, your children, your brothers and sisters the correct way. Only when we fall more in love with Jesus Christ now 
can we love each other perfectly? You see, on the surface, this seems like a rejection of our family and those most cherished relationships, but it is not. In fact, it's an elevation of those relationships. And God knows the deepest desires of our hearts and how we want to love each other with that love. But He also understands it cannot happen unless we first love Him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.